John, I've spoken with two senior U.S. officials who were on the trip to France who confirmed to me key details in the Atlantic article and the quotes attributed to the president. It was a terrible thing that somebody could say the kind of things, and especially to me, because I've done more for the military. A lot of people are asking because they love me, and they ask me about a man named John McCain. And I gave him the kind of funeral that he wanted which as president, I had to approve. I didn't get thank you, that's okay. He's not a war hero. He's a war hero. He's a war hero because he, war hero he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you. So I disagreed with John McCain, but I still respected him. Losers and suckers. I'm Arlene Bynum. And I'm John LeBoutlier, and this is Revolution. I never thought in my life we would be discussing a presidential election where the current president is accused of saying such things. John, I think we should tell our listeners what happened. After I read that Atlantic article, my stomach had turned and I sent it quickly to you and said, read this, but I got to warn you, it's just simply awful. It's really awful. And for those of our listeners, and we love all of you, who haven't read The Atlantic or The Washington Post AP or watched it on Fox News, all of which have confirmed The Atlantic reporting, which uses four separate administration sources to report on things over the years that Trump has said in private about living and dead and missing members of the U.S. military. Here are some of them. He called U.S. soldiers injured in war losers. He called John McCain. Isn't he a kind of a loser? We're not going to support that loser's funeral. What the fuck are we doing that for? Guy was a fucking loser. Now that, let me unquote that. That's Donald Trump after McCain had died. And two and a half years after he said McCain was not a hero because he was captured. And those who were captured are not heroes. Now, also, those things we heard before and they got put to the side. Remember, I mean, it it was people thought it was over. New York Post was like Bon Don Voyage was the headline after he said, I like heroes who are not captured. And then it's included with other reporting. Remember when we wondered why in 2018, he did not attend the 100th anniversary of the ending of World War II. He didn't go to the cemetery one of the days. It was raining. There was a little bit of a controversy. And as you say, John, the quotes from that day are also atrocious. Right. Why should I go to that cemetery? It's filled with losers. And why were we on the side of the allies in World War I? I mean, really an incredible statement. On amputee wounded veterans, he didn't want them included in any parades that he attended, including the big one that he put on two years ago on July 4th. He said, quote, nobody wants to see that, unquote. And it just it's it's a litany of things like this where he's trashing wounded and dead military people. But how about this one? Uh, One day he's at a meeting with the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And the then chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Joe Dunford, is presenting something. Mm-hmm. He was a very bright guy. And Trump turns to his own aides and says, quote, that guy is smart. Why did he join the military? Unquote. 
then to, to another military person, Trump said this, quote, you seem like fairly talented guys. Why would you do that? You don't make any money. So this story comes out in The Atlantic. Jeffrey Goldberg wrote it. He's the editor of the editor in chief of The Atlantic. He is not known for having factually incorrect pieces. And as you said, the story has been confirmed by various other outlets, including a reporter at Fox News. And as we're recording this, the president of the United States would like that reporter let go, fired is his word, his favorite word. So, John, here we are. I mean, the president is denying it. You know, uh, people around him are denying it. His wife's denying it. And that's another thing, too. He said in the news conference, I remember phoning Melania at home and saying I was so sad I couldn't go because it was raining. Well, Melania was there. So we have all sorts of indications that it would not be surprising that this president said it. But now it's open. It's collective. The individual are disgusting, but in one big lump at the Atlantic. And this story, John, you know, I've been in the media for a long time. This is everywhere. It has gotten into the drain pipes of the media and it is being reported. His denials are being reported. It is taking up a lot of time. And the question is, is it going to leave a stain? Is it going to matter? Now, we ask this all the time and we kind of know the answer when it comes to Trump. I'm not so sure this time. What do you think? Well, we'll find out in the end which straw broke the camel's back. Uh, or as the, your father, the wonderful Harry Bynum, talked about, you keep pulling bricks out of a, a brick bridge and eventually it's going to collapse or a brick bridge wall. And same thing here. I mean, we've had this type of thing go on. This one is the most explosive to me, mm-hmm. even more than grab them by the pussy. Well, I agree. Because it involves honor, the honor of serving your country in the military, which Trump did not do. And he's the president now. And he's the commander in chief. Exactly. But the fact that he dodged the draft and lied about it and faked an injury. First of all, I think that's at the heart of the problem. I think Mm -hmm. part of him has tremendous guilt that he didn't serve. And he's. We don't know. I don't know. He's capable of it. You can't say if you if we believe that he did say these things. I don't know if he's capable. Well, well there, there's something psychological when you take the first President Bush. Right? Fear, maybe not guilt. Oh, 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 fear so, of but, conflict. Okay, but the first President Bush was shot down in 1943. I mean, Trump wasn't. I don't even know if he was alive. And. He's shot down and captured at sea by the USS Finback, a submarine, and is regarded as a hero. He's 19 years old when he was shot down. Trump, when that incident was brought up to him as president, referred to it, uh, Bush, as a loser mm-hmm. for being shot mm-hmm. down. Now, how, how is that guy a loser for being shot down? And the one that really set me off is not in the Atlantic story. It's in the Washington Post confirmation story. They got more people talking. And this is my baby, which is that on the issue of American missing in action in Vietnam, in the Vietnam War, which we've never resolved, Trump asked an aide, why do we keep looking for them? It's their fault they were captured. They're losers. That's in the Washington Post. I mean, are you kidding me? This thing to me so discredits him and discredits anybody who votes for him. They should look in the mirror and say, 
this is too much. Everything else, I could, you know, this is the one I can't stomach. Yeah. And he's denied it. And, you know, OJ denied it, may I just say. But this is completely in line with the character that he has publicly put forward. He's already publicly disparaged the families of American soldiers, fallen American. He's done this. So this is not out of out of character. Is it going to matter? What kind of damage could this do in the election campaign? And first of all, is this a coincidence this has come out? Or is this part of a coordinated plan to bring out reporting and things that Donald Trump has done as president as we get closer to the election? That's what elections are for. Well, okay. So the story was broken Thursday night, September 3rd. And guess what happened the day before? The mail-in ballots in North Carolina started to be sent Mm -hmm. out to Mm -hmm. voters. North Carolina, of all our 50 states, the highest percentage of active duty and retired military people are in the state of North Carolina. So I think, does that answer your question? Is that a coincidence or... Is it time that way? So that's number one, when it came out. Number two, as we record this, we're in the third day of this story, and it is the lead story everywhere, and Trump fuels it by tweeting about it and all that. And, you know, every day that goes by, there are 59 days till election day, Mm -hmm. and fewer Mm -hmm. days in many states till people can vote. And this is eating up the clock. Biden is ahead. Trump is behind. This isn't helping Trump. It's putting him back on his heels. It's helping Biden stay on offense. It is. And, you know, he started tweeting about General Kelly out of the blue, almost confirming that Kelly, who is speculated to be one of the sources. And John, should Kelly come out publicly? Do you think he will? Do you think Mattis should come out publicly? I read a story about the behind the scenes moment of one of the quotes where he started yelling and saying, "You remember, this was reported, calling all the military, I wouldn't go to war with you, you're a bunch of dummies, you don't know how to fight a war, you don't know how to win. And apparently they were so outraged. But there was speculation that was going through, certainly Mattis's head, was you don't talk back to the commander, no matter how awful it is. But is this their way of getting that story out? Do you think they should come public? And if they do, how damaging would it be? I do think they have a duty to us, the people who we're the, the boss ultimately. And we have a right to know the truth about what goes on in a White House, in an administration, in a Congress. We, we have a right to know before we vote. And these guys work for Trump. They saw and heard these things. It's fine to leak it out uh, anonymously, but at some point, especially now that Trump has taken Kelly on directly yesterday at that press conference and attacked him viciously, by the way, mm-hmm. I think Kelly, and I don't think he should do it alone. I think he should get three or four other people and have a press conference together. I don't think they will, but I think they should and lay it on the table and say, here's what we heard at eleven fifteen on July 3rd, whatever. Boom, boom, boom and put it out there. We ought to know before we vote what we're voting for. You know, it's kind of gone off to the side, but it's still hanging around out there. The reporting from the intelligence that Vladimir Putin had put a bounty on the heads 
of American soldiers. I mean, that was outrageous. But add that. I mean, the president's constantly being asked about that and he won't acknowledge it and has done nothing. So we have the denials. We have the reporting. For those who are watching the character of this president, there's a feeling that this certainly could be true. He has said things like this. But in the meantime, where is this going to be decided? Is it going to be kind of a resurrection of all those public statements? Because he has said a lot publicly. Yeah, well, I don't think we're ever going to get a definitive, you know, judge banging a gavel down Mm -hmm. saying Donald Trump said them, that's it. It, It's up to each voter to decide, do you believe he said it or not? Now, I brought it up to a Trumper yesterday Mm -hmm. and (laughs) the Trumper, rather than defend Trump, attacked the media and said, oh, no, they made it up if they're not credible. And, And Fox hadn't confirmed it yet. So if I talk to another Trumper, which I try not to, but if I do, I'll now throw that out. Say Fox confirmed the thing. And they'll have some other way to deflect. They never take responsibility for supporting Donald Trump. And they are complicit. The voters who vote for him are part of the problem. I hate to say it, but they have brought us this. They ignore all the realities of Donald Trump. They hide behind these mythical things. Oh, yeah, he's well, I don't like his style, but he's doing a great job. And most most voters don't agree with that either, by the way, on the pandemic, on race relations, on none of it does the majority of people support Trump. It's a, a heavy majority oppose it, by the way. But because of the Electoral College, he's still got at least a path to reelection here. So one thing's for sure. We got to tie ourselves down for the ride because we are all anticipating that this is going to be an incredible time, not just in America's history, in the world's history as we watch this. As this is all unfolding, more and more warnings coming out about how he might try to hang on to power here. John, it's just mind blowing where the United States of America is right now. Well, you know, you always um, cite your wonderful late father to me. And as we prepared for this uh, podcast, Mm -hmm. you brought up that he would often say, oh, that is the measure of the man. Measure of the man. man. And we've got over the last four plus years, five really, the measure of Donald Trump from all the things that have happened. And the public now has the measure of the man. And the fact that 40% still support him, yeah, it does say something about them, but it also says something about many decades in America building up to this that have brought tremendous cynicism in our country about Mm -hmm. every institution, especially the news media. And so when an Atlantic carefully researches this thing, has four separate sources, which we know means there's truth to it. The idea that they would write a story and make up four people and make up all these quotes is that really a believable scenario? And I just, I, I'm, may I say, some of the journalists that I follow on Twitter are really good journalists who've written for The Atlantic saying, I just want to say, you know, I said there was a flag behind a bar in the city of Ottawa during a certain conversation, and they called that bar and made sure that flag was flying on that day. Somebody else said they called this person, that person, they get right down. If you say somebody's wearing a blue pinky ring, they want to know what store they bought it from. That's the kind of reputation their fact checkers have. Yeah, I believe it. I think Jeffrey Goldberg is first class. And 
That's not to say Jeffrey Goldberg isn't maybe a liberal. I don't know. This is what the 40% Trumpers, they attack the philosophy of the reporters. This has been built up over these decades. They're not on their team. Right. Predating Trump, you know, and it is one of the things that's dividing the country. And I, I, I'm glad Fox confirmed the story. Trump is trying to get rid, as you said earlier, of Jennifer Griffin, who's been there forever, who is very credible, mm-hmm. uh, was stationed for years in Jerusalem. She's a big time reporter, Pentagon correspondent. If she confirms that story, those 40 percent Trumpers who watch Fox should believe the story. And the president is asking for her to be fired well, today. Yeah. I also want to mention some other reporting because we were saying, you know, there's evidence outside of this that makes us believe this is very, very possible. I sent you this morning, people are retweeting a story from The Guardian, and I think it was back in 2015, that Trump's grandfather was expelled, exiled from Germany sent out of the country because he didn't serve the mandatory military service. There is reporting that in Marla Maples' decision after their marriage was falling apart in their divorce settlement, that if Tiffany joined the military, everything was null and void. There is also reporting that Trump and Ivana told Eric he could not join the military. There's one more. There's one more. Mary Trump in her book reports that Donald Jr. one time 20 years ago was musing about joining the military and his father, Donald Trump, the current president, said to him, and Mary Trump's got it in her book, said to him, if you join the military, I'm cutting you out of the family. Mm -hmm. You know, and these things have come. We heard that Mary Trump story a month ago when she was publicizing the book. Any one of these things by itself is so outrageous. And with Trump, there's so much of it that you can't really focus on one because another one comes the next news cycle and it goes on and on and on. Now, this one, this whole anti-military thing, I think it's got legs for days to come. I really do. I think this thing, Mm -hmm. because it cuts to the heart of the one of the main tenets of the job, as we said, commander in chief and the military. We love our military in our countries. You do in Canada. We do in America. We've come a long way from Vietnam when the American, some civilians were spitting on soldiers as they came back from service in Vietnam. This country's done a 180 on it. And I I think a lot of Republican voters probably have a hard time believing that a Republican president says these things about our soldiers. And I guess it's a slap upside the head, as they say, that this could be true. Well, we'll see it play out in the usual ways. And we were talking about whether or not this is going to be an inflection point. And maybe there'll never be one, John. We, we're always waiting and waiting and waiting, and it doesn't happen. But again, I'll go back to my dad and the brick, one brick. He used to say, you know, you pull one brick out of that dry arch and everything will just look fine. If that next one, it's already loosened the structure, you can't see it. If the next one goes, the arch comes crumbling down. And we'll see. On the other hand, who knows? Donald Trump could dust himself off, get the kind of support he needs from Fox and and those around him and somehow pull off the impossible, convince people it was all a lie. We watch, wait, and worry. 
I'm, I'm stunned because you're right about all of it, and I hate to admit it, that it could, he still could win this thing despite stuff like this. But I don't think he's going to. I think that enough's enough. I think there's exhaustion, and I think there are defections from the Trump base. Enough. And Joe Biden's running a flawless campaign. Next big thing, other than these stories mm-hmm. that are coming out, three and a half weeks till September 29th, that first debate. That's going to be watched by everybody. And that will be some event, and we will preview it on Revolution. For now, until the next time, I'm Arlene Bynan. And I'm enraged at what Trump has done, but I'm John LeBoutlier, and this is Revolution. If these statements are true, the president should humbly apologize to every gold star mother and father and every blue star family that he's denigrated and insulted. Who the heck does he think he is?